You are Locked On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Time to lock and load. Time to get control. Time to search for soul. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as usual by David Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at Locked On Bucks, at JayYarko underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. Of course, we have hammered home this this coaching change, so we're going to kind of shift gears a little bit. We're still going to be talking a little bit about the coaching change, but in a different way. And to do so, we have brought on Mark Schofield. Mark, how are you doing, sir? James, David, pleasure to be with you, gentlemen, this fine evening. I know you guys, you should be excited about a little Bruce Arians, a little no-risk-it, no-biscuit offense. I think it's going to be a good fit for James, as we're about to talk about, but excited to be with you. Before we dive into that, why don't you let everyone know where they can find your stuff, because you are all over the place. If somebody hasn't come across your stuff, even by accident at this point, yeah, it's probably a miracle. Uh, thanks for that, James. Um, best place to find me um, at Mark Schofield on Twitter. Um, right for places like InsideThePylon.com, Pro Football Weekly, The Score, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, Big Blue View, part of the SB Nation uh, family of websites. And I am the host of the Locked On Patriots podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Yeah, just uh, an absolute laundry list of things. And you do absolutely phenomenal work. So we're excited to have you on the show and talk a little Jameis Winston. So let's go ahead and dive right in. Kind of overall, you you take a look at Jameis, and he is, I think, the ultimate no-risk-it, no-biscuit quarterback. Um, he does take a lot of chances. There's not a throw he doesn't think that, that he can't make. And it got him benched. Yeah, under Dirk yep. Cutter, you saw Ryan Fitzpatrick start off hot. Jameis came in. He struggled, throws four interceptions in the first half against the Bengals, goes back to the bench. Then he comes back in the second half against the New York Giants, a team that you cover. He throws, uh, you know, I think it was it was three touchdown passes. He finishes the season with 11 touchdowns and only three interceptions. One of those interceptions was on a Hail Mary, and one of them was on a tip pass. So we saw really, really solid play out of Jameis in the second half of the season. But overall, what do you make of Jameis Winston since he's kind of entered the league here a few years ago? It's been interesting because when you sort of look back at Jameis versus Mariota, who is the quarterback he will always be sort of compared to, you know, you can make the case that while Marcus Mariota has had sort of fits and bursts and starts here and there of maybe he's being the quarterback we thought it would be and then sort of taking some steps back like you could say he did this year. You know, I think Jameis overall has made some developmental strides and become a little bit of a better quarterback over the arc of his, you know, years down in Tampa Bay. And I will say that when you look at that game against Cincinnati, he had some mistakes. One of the the interception that basically got him benched, you know, was bad read, slow decision with his eyes, just led the defender to the ball. And there are some instances where he still does that as a quarterback, where he will stare down a target, be slow to get the ball out of his hands and lead defenders to the football with his eyes. 
But coming back from that, I was very impressed with some of the games he had in that sort of second half of the season. Had a very clean game against San Francisco. Obviously, the two touchdown passes completes, you know, 29 of 38 in that game. And I think what we saw over the back half was him being a little bit smarter with his decisions, a little bit quicker with his decisions and quicker with his reads. And that led to some of the better execution and better production. The thing that's going to happen when he gets into this, you know, Bruce Arians type of offense is it's going to be tailored to his skill set as a quarterback. And that is critical for any quarterback. I mean, we're starting to get into draft season. And guys, I spent all day re-watching some games on Clayton Thorson and Daniel Jones. Two guys are going to be down at Mobile. And those are guys that you need to get in sort of the right system to have success. And it's the same for any quarterback. And coming out of Florida State, I thought a downfield vertical pass on offense was going to fit Jameis Winston's traits as a quarterback. And I think he's finally going to be in a perfect system for him. Uh, that all sounds great, Mark. So as you know, I mean, you, you cover quarterbacks. His league in today's NFL are, are more than just uh, passers. They're faces of your franchise. They're kind of a representative of your brand, uh, so to speak, which is why it's been so important for, for many franchises uh, to, to get it right and to, to really get the right personality to fit their team. We know that among Buccaneers fans, they're a polarizing person. There's there's kind of your group. There's there's your Jameis haters and 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 supporters. And it's really kind of split down the middle, to be honest with you. Let, let us know and let the Buccaneers fans know, how is Jameis Winston perceived as a, as a total package uh, outside of the Buccaneers fan base? You know, it's interesting, David. It's a great question. And I think outside of the Buccaneers fan base, it's probably a similar split. And I, I think that a lot of people had their minds, I think, made up on Jameis Winston when he came out of college because there were the number of incidents that he had at Florida State. And for some people, they sort of made up his mind is that this is who he is, you know, whether it was, you know, some of the assault allegations or, you know, the crab legs incident or anything else that he did. You know, people sort of made up their mind. This is who he is. This is who he is going to be. And he's not going to change. And there have been some incidents, obviously, since then that have given people in that sort of line of thinking some more ammunition to work with. You know, I think for the bulk of people, I, you know, probably 60, 40, they're probably in that former camp where, look, he's made some mistakes and he doesn't seem to be learning from them. And we're seeing more mistakes as he's going through this. You know, when I evaluated him coming out of Florida State, I didn't really care so much about the off the field stuff. I looked at him more as the quarterback he was on the field. But you're right, David, you know. Football organizations are businesses. Quarterbacks are basically the CEO of your business. They are the outward face of your franchise. And you need to have the ability and the confidence in that person that when they go to the podium post game, when they go you know, home for a bye week or go home for the offseason, that they're going to represent your brand in the best way possible. And this is why there are some people out there in that 60-40 split and that 60% or so that think, you know, there's a you know, there's a possibility that this organization might move on from him. And, you know, it was a question that I was, I was asked when I was doing radio hits throughout this season. Do you think Winston will be coming back to Tampa Bay? And I still thought he would be because of, you know, you look at this quarterback class, you look at the free agents out there and things like that. It's probably better to ride with Jameis right now than to try to take a risk on some of the other options out there. And now that you get Bruce Arians in, who has said to just look, he's all in on Jameis Winston. I think the fit makes sense. But I think there is sort of that, you know, slight majority that looks at Jameis Winston and they sort of see the things that he's done in his past, see some of the things that he's done since he's come out and say, look, this is who he's always going to be. And they're still wary of him sort of taking that sort of next maturity type step. 
That's uh, that's interesting. So it seems like he's, I mean, he's really kind of a 50-50 split no matter really who you're talking about. Yeah, um, I mean, I think that's probably the best way to put it. I mean, I think people, you know, there are still some people, like I put myself in the latter camp and say, look, you know, yes, he's had some issues, but we all do growing up. And, you know, right. for, you know, college quarterbacks, one of the things that we often forget when we're studying these guys and getting ready for the draft and things like that, we're still talking about 20, 21, 22 year old kids, you know, and they've been the big fish on a big campus for most of their lives for most of these players. And now they're finally sort of out on their own you know, out having to do things like pay the mortgage and make sure the car insurance is paid and things like that. And there's a life adjustment that goes along with it. And we all make mistakes when we were younger. We all go through some learning curves and some growing pains and, you know, NFL quarterbacks aren't any different. I mean, this is more a, a Jamie specific thing. This is just a general idea that these are kids that are now suddenly out on their own, having to do things on their own. And there might be some bumps and mistakes along the way for quarterbacks. It's obviously a bit brighter light you know, a bit bigger microscope that's going to be on you. But I still think that, look, Jameis Winston, of quarterback, can excel in this offense. And I think, you know, he's made some mistakes, but I still think that, you know, he will become eventually the person that Bucks fans hope he will be. All right, Mark, you, you take a look at, at Bruce Arians' history working with some of these quarterbacks. Yeah, he he worked with Peyton Manning. He was an integral part of, of getting Peyton Manning drafted to the Colts because there was, despite a lot of warning signs, there was still the conversation and the toss-up between Manning and Leaf. He moves on. Yeah, he he gets to work with Ben Roethlisberger. Then he gets to work with Andrew Luck and and Kurt Warner. So there are some detractors that like to say that that Bruce Arians isn't as much of a quarterback whisperer or quarterback guru as as many believe because he's gotten to work with such great talent. Do you feel that there's some legitimacy to that, or do you think that a lot of these quarterbacks became as good as they were, or or got better? when they were working under Bruce Arians and, and how can that translate to Jameis? You know, I, I don't think that there's a lot of legitimacy to that point of view. And let me, let me sort of talk about it outline how I feel about it this way. Obviously I mentioned, look, I, cover the Patriots, host of the Locked on Patriots podcast. And people always sort of wonder, you know, is Tom Brady a system quarterback or how good is Josh McDaniels really? Because look, he gets to coach Tom Brady. And so there's a similar question about say a Josh McDaniels or even a Bill O'Brien who formerly coached Tom Brady. When you sit back though and watch some of the things that say Josh McDaniels does from a schematic standpoint, from a play calling standpoint, from an offensive structure standpoint, you see how he designs the offense and does things in such a way to help his quarterback, to help Tom Brady, who arguably is, depending on who you ask, the greatest quarterback of all time. And so just because you have a great quarterback to work with, it doesn't mean that your job is done. We just saw Mike McCarthy get fired as the head coach and offensive coordinator and play caller of the Green Bay Packers because he wasn't doing enough. Their offense got stale and their offense got bad as a result. He was just calling the same couple of plays and relying on Aaron Rodgers to do things and create things on his own. So even though you have a great quarterback to work with, it doesn't mean that your job is done as an offensive head coach or an offensive coordinator. And so, yes, he's had guys like Luck and Roethlisberger and Peyton to work with, but he still did things in those offenses to get the most he could out of those quarterbacks. And so when you start thinking about what he's going to do with Jameis Winston, you can be sure that he's going to do some things from a scheme standpoint. He's going to do some things from a play design standpoint. And having the experience of working with those different guys and knowing how to handle different kinds of personalities, he's going to know how best to handle Jameis Winston and how to get the best out of him from a mental and emotional standpoint. And 
one of the things that Bruce Arians sort of talks about, you know, whether it's, you know, the book about him, the quarterback whisperer, or, you know, in interviews, or even when he was calling games this year is, you know, you have to be on the same page with your quarterback. And you now he's going to sit down with Jameis. He's going to go sort of through a playbook with him and say, you know, what is it you like to run? What other designs you like to have called? You know, what do you like in red zone situations and things like that? And together they're going to come up with a playbook and plan to go ahead and put some points on the board next year. And so just because he's worked with great quarterbacks in the past doesn't mean that he's a great quarterback mind and a guy that can pull the best out of these guys and make them better. And as a former quarterback, he sort of knows what it's like to be on the field, what it's like to be in the huddle, and what it's like to sort of look over in the sideline when you've made a mistake. And so I think you put that all together just because he's had great guys to work with doesn't mean that he's not going to get the best out of Jameis. Jameis recently did an interview with the Tampa Bay Times and and Rick Stroud, who's covered the Bucks for for a very long time. And and he kept describing 2018 as odd. Yeah, that was kind of, I think, the most polite way he could put it. But he kept talking about how odd things were. You know, the Bucks got off to such a hot start, and he couldn't be in the locker room for those first three weeks. So that, to him, was odd. Then he and Fitzpatrick kept doing this back-and-forth dance uh, as to who was going to be in the game, and that felt odd. And he ultimately reached the, the, the point of he said that he's, you know, obviously he's excited for Bruce Arians, but he's excited for a fresh start on the year, as I think a lot of Buccaneers players are. There's, There's been reports, you know, with Brent Grimes uh, talking about how he didn't want to cover Antonio Brown because he's not paid enough to, to shadow the number one receiver. Or, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul coming out at the end of the season and, and saying – there are guys in this locker room that just aren't real. Uh, you know, there's there's some theories as to who he's referring to, but you know, nobody knows for certain. It seems like this entire team is ready for just a fresh start. That things were getting stale under Dirk Cutter. Was there a better guy than Bruce Arians for this team at this moment in time? I don't think so. And part of the reason I say that is because. More than anything right now in today's National Football League, you need to get the quarterback position right. You know, when you look around the league, there is sort of no better competitive advantage you can have than either, say, a quarterback on his rookie deal or a veteran quarterback who is playing well. I mean, you look at the teams in this year's playoffs, it was either one or the other, basically. Either you had that rookie quarterback on his rookie deal playing well that you could you know, fill in pieces around and bring talent to because of the salary cap advantages that that gives you. Or you've got a veteran quarterback who's in that upper echelon of quarterbacks, whether it's, you know, uh, an Andrew Luck or a Russell Wilson or Tom Brady, for example. And so you've got to get that quarterback position right. And so when you're looking at a potential situation where you've got Seamus Winston near the end of that rookie deal, there are decisions to be made. If you're going to roll with him, you've got to make sure you get it right. You get in that offensive mind quarterback guru type guy to sort of get that situation right. So there's that aspect to it. And there is also the sense that, look, when, when you're not winning games, sometimes the voice gets stale. You know, we could even say it's happening in situations and in organizations where they are winning games. And you could look at the Pittsburgh Steelers this year and say, maybe the Mike Tomlin voice is getting a little bit stale. You've got the Le'Veon Bell situation, the Antonio Brown situation. So you put those things together. You need to get the quarterback thin right, and the voice might be getting stale in the locker room. And I think it was time for a change. And I think with an eye towards Seamus Winston development, Bruce Arians made all the sense in the world. So, Mark, you talk about getting the quarterback right, and Bruce Arians has even mentioned that too. Uh, among his list of things that you need to have a successful team, 
one of the most important things he lists is a quarterback that can get the job done. So I suppose the question coming into 2019, really for the entire season, I think week in, week out, it's going to be something that's scrutinized. So a question that I'm just going to ask you from a outside, quote unquote, Tampa Bay media era, uh, pers- uh, persona or uh, standpoint, is Jameis Winston a franchise quarterback? If not yet, can he still become one? I think he's on the cusp of being one, and I'm pretty confident that Bruce Arians will make him one. And, and sort of here's why. You know, when you were sort of the, the previous question, when James, when you were sort of describing the situation in Tampa Bay, you know, the, the word that kept popping into my mind was comfort. You know, when you think about the situation that Jameis Winston was dealing with last year, suspended to start the year, you see Ryan Fitzpatrick get that start, you're kind of in and out of the lineup. It's hard to get comfortable as a quarterback in that kind of environment. And comfort breeds success at the quarterback position. And I know this sort of from my own experience playing the position. When you're not comfortable with the situation sort of between you and say a head coach or you and another quarterback fighting for time, or when you're not comfortable with the plays and the designs that are being called and you might not be the right fit for the offense, it's hard to be successful when there's that lack of comfort in what's happening, whether on the field or off. That comfort level is going to be instilled with Jameis Winston between some stability in the organization, some stability at the quarterback position with it being his show now, and now getting to run an offense that is going to be more tailored to his skill set as a quarterback and perhaps the best sort of offensive mind for him and a head coach slash offensive coordinator who's going to be okay with some mistakes, who's going to be okay with you forcing some throws here and there, which we know James likes to do, because that's the kind of offensive mentality he has. And so I think that comfort level is going to be a big, big impact on James Winston. So I look for him to sort of make that leap from fringe franchise quarterback to a franchise quarterback next year under Bruce Arians. I know that would make a, uh... Well, about half of our listeners, I guess, uh, pretty happy. And then uh, the other half probably would not be happy. Like I said, he's he's a very kind of a split decision uh, person. However, I mean, if, if he gets the Buccaneers to the playoffs with, with Coach Arians, obviously, uh, I, I have a feeling a lot of that would turn around to more of the positive side of things. And then outside of Mike Evans and then obviously Jameis Winston, what player on the Buccaneers offense or just team in general do you think is going to benefit most from Bruce Arians' style, scheme, whatever you want to call it, uh, just just what he brings into the team? You know, I, I think somebody to watch definitely as we sort of go forward. And, you know, uh, you know, I, there are a couple of different players you can point to. You know, you, you could sort of point to, say, a Cameron Brait and say, look, you know, you're going to have some designs that are going to give him a chance to sort of, you know, find some spots maybe underneath you know, because if you're assuming that there's going to be a lot sort of in the vertical passing game, you know, you might sort of take the top off the defense with a guy like Mike Evans. Um, there might be some opportunities for, you know, Cameron Bray to sort of work himself, you know, into the intermediate areas of the field because a lot of what Arians does sort of from an offensive play calling standpoint, you're going to stretch the field a bit. But then you're going to sort of get that stuff to soften up the underneath, you know, levels against the linebackers, you know, maybe against, you know, strong safeties and things like that. So, you know, he's an interesting player to watch. Obviously, you know, look, he's coming off of an injury, but OG Howard as well. You know, when you sort of look at the way he can 
also stretch the field a little bit vertically. You know, he can do some things downfield in the passing game. I think he's going to be a good fit, you know, for what Bruce Arians likes to do. And a name that I'm curious to watch now, we know he's sort of expressed sort of his displeasure at the situation down there, and he seems like he wants out. But what does Deshaun Jackson do? Because this is an offense that's sort of more tailored to his skill set in the vertical passing game. And so if I'm sort of somebody around Deshaun Jackson, I'm saying, look, you know, Maybe you'd like to go back to Philly. Maybe you'd like to move on from Tampa Bay. This might be the ideal offense for you and what you like to do in the passing game. So I think you got to sort of reconsider what you want to do here next season because this might be a situation where you could really sort of have a nice, you know, really solid year in this type of offense. So those are some players that I would look at that could have some success next year in the system. All right. And Mark, we'll wrap it up with this one. Uh, it was a question that we asked our guest on on yesterday's show, and I'm I'm curious to hear your answer. We've pretty much filled all of the head coaching vacancies in the NFL. Some obviously aren't official yet because they have to wait until the teams are no longer in the playoffs. But out of the teams that have replaced their head coach this offseason, who do you think is the best hire and the best fit for the team that they went to? I mean, we'll put Arians aside because we've talked about that a lot. And I do think that that was a very good decision. You know, I think too, that I'm very curious to watch and how they pan out and they're kind of at different ends of the, you know, coaching search spectrum. We'll put it that way. Matt LaFleur going to Green Bay to work with Aaron Rodgers. I thought that was an interesting hire. And people might say that, look, you know, it's sort of a, we got to get Sean McVay. He's worked with Sean McVay type situation. And yes, when you watch that offense that he was running in Tennessee last year, there were some McVay type elements to it from some spacing concepts and things like that. But there was also a vertical element to it. They were a more vertical-based passing team than I sort of expected them to be. And maybe the production wasn't there. Part of it might have been that, you know, injuries with Marcus Mariota and things like that. But this was a more vertical-based offense than I expected, and I think that will mesh well with the receivers as well as the quarterback himself and that they have on that roster right now. So that's what I'm very curious to watch. I think they might have gotten that one right. And look, Arizona, you know, that really speaks to what I was talking about earlier, that if you've got that rookie quarterback that you need to develop to maximize that competitive window during their rookie deal, you got to get it right. And so going outside the box a bit with Clinsbury. I think that's a very interesting hire because if you look at the kind of offense he was running the Texas Tech, I'm not quite sure that Josh Rosen is the quarterback that meshes best with that system. I might have thought that he might have tried to get his hands on that Jets job and get his hands on Sam Darnold, but it does sort of speak to that, look, this is an offensive league. This is a passing league. You have to get the quarterback right. And if you've got that quarterback, that rookie quarterback, you've got to do whatever you can to speed up his development so you can get the most out of that window. And so if it works, and it could, that will be just a new model of teams will sort of emulate. Just get an offensive mind, whether he's been successful or not at the collegiate level. If he's got some offensive ideas, get him in, get some help around him, and get the most out of your rookie. So those are the two hires I'm most curious to watch. They could both be home runs. They could both fail, but I'm very curious to see how they play out. All right. Well, Mark, thank you so much for some of your time. Why don't you tell all of our listeners one more time where they can find all of your work? James, David, thank you guys so much for having me on. Blast to be with you. Keep crushing over here at Locked On Bucks. If you want to follow me on Twitter, the best way to do it, at Mark Schofield on there. Like I said, I write for places like InsideThePylon.com, Pro Football Weekly, The Score, Matt Wallerman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, Big Blue View, part of the SB Nation family of websites, and I host the Locked On Patriots podcast. 
All right. And again, Mark, thank you so, so much. You, you really brought some great insight and, and some great information. And, and uh, hopefully, you know, we can see Jamison and Bruce Arians succeed with, with one another. It's something that Bucks fans have been longing for for a real long time. I think it could happen, and I think it would be great to see. All right, and of course, you can check out everything that David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com. And make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. We would like to thank each and every one of you for joining us right here at LockedOnBucks. Bucks.